Hello, evolutionaries, and welcome to the For the Evolution of Business podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Brady, and I'm here today with Joe Stefko. Dr. Joseph Stefko has spent his career at the intersection of community competitiveness, public finance, government management, and data analysis. He is currently president and CEO of Rock 2025, the Alliance of Economic Development Organizations established in 2019 to accelerate growth in the Rochester, New York region through coordinated capacity building investments in business retention and expansion, talent strategy, business attraction, downtown growth, and regional branding and marketing. He previously served seven years as president and CEO of Rochester-based Center for Governmental Research, overseeing strategic direction of the nonprofit management consultancy and its industry-leading work in government and education, economics, and public finance, health and human services, and nonprofits and communities. A member of the Leadership Rochester Class of 2017, he is a two-time 40 Under 40 Award winner in 2005 from the Buffalo Business First and 2014 from the Rochester Business Journal. In 2016, he received the Distinguished Alumni Award from the University at Buffalo Alumni Association. Dr. Stefko holds a BA, MA, and PhD degrees in political science from the University at Buffalo with specializations in public policy and state and local government. Thanks so much for joining us today, Joe. My pleasure. Thanks, Andrew. So, you know, I, I usually like to, to back it up a little bit before we get into what you're doing now, but where was it that this kind of interest, it looks like you know, all along your, your career path was within this kind of political science. Is, is this something that from a young age uh, you, you were interested in or how did that interest develop? No, absolutely not. You know, um, I remember when I was really young wanting to be a doctor. Um, and then uh, when I started college, I started on a pre-law track and it was really, you know, maybe two or three semesters into that track uh, at, uh, at Buffalo that, um, you know, I, I, I had an opportunity to, to work closely on some research with uh, some faculty members in, in our uh, Department of Political Science. Um, really, uh, it came to enjoy working on issues of you know, kind of state and local policy and community competitiveness and economic analysis. And, and really, that was the springboard uh, for me to do the kind of work that I've been fortunate enough to do now for, uh, for a couple of decades. As you mentioned, having had the opportunity to, to come to Rochester and work for CGR for, for quite a while, which is such an incredible uh, and unique organization in that management consulting space, uh, getting an opportunity not to not only to work on um, issues of, of community competitiveness and public service delivery um, uh, here in greater Rochester and upstate New York, but um, you know, certainly in my most recent stint with CGR, having an opportunity to work on those issues, you know, with communities up and down the East Coast. And, um, you know, I think that that really, um, that, that was a, a great opportunity for me to learn about, um, you know, some of the shared challenges that we have, um, you know, across communities. I think it's really easy reflexively to, you know, look at one community and think that, you know, your challenges are, are unique. We have a lot of shared challenges. We can learn a lot from each other as we kind of look to, to peer communities. So, um, you know, it's been, it's been an interesting uh, and fun career path for me, and I'm certainly excited to be in the role I'm in now. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect, perfect entree. So it, it does seem just reading through reading through the bio and knowing what I know and what our what our listeners will soon know about Rock 2025 that they they couldn't have found a you know a better person for the job. But give us the, give us a, a an overview of kind of the, the formation of this of this Rock 2025. It's still pretty new, right? It is still pretty new. Uh, this was officially uh, established um, as an entity in April of 2019, <clears throat> but really to get to that point, you have to back up to the fall of 2018. Um, really, all of our economic development partner organizations, all of the organizations that, that uh, provide certain economic development support services within the greater Rochester region, uh, came to a common table in September, October of 2018, um, and had an opportunity to engage Boston Consulting Group. And BCG, of course, had been instrumental in uh, the, the Finger Lakes region's successful upstate revitalization initiative application several years before. So they knew the region, they knew the players, and, and BCG was given a couple of tasks with the most recent engagement. The first was to look at um, how our economic performance in the greater Rochester region, benchmarks against peer metros across the country. And then secondly, to look at how we are as a region structured to do the work, the business uh, of, of economic development and how our organizations are, are positioned and importantly, uh, how they're resourced to do the work that you know, we really depend on them to do to help build and sustain a, you know, a thriving, vibrant regional economy. Um, 
as we move toward the end of that, you know, and at that time, I was actually interviewed as part of that project in my previous capacity at CGR. So I was peripherally um, kind of involved in the work, um, certainly never contemplated the role that I ended up moving into. Um, when BCG finished its work in early 2019, the, um, you know, some of the key takeaways set the foundation for the creation of Rock 2025. I think one of those, uh, one of the key takeaways was if you looked at the rates of economic growth, Rochester, Greater Rochester versus our peer regions across the country, you know, not a real surprise, right? It's been a growth story. Right? I think it's been a growth story here more so than over the last decade, more so than a lot of people appreciate. Uh, you look at our job totals at the end of, you know, 2019 compared to where we were at the end of 2010, it's been a growth story in this region. The reality, of course, is that it's been a growth story everywhere, right? And that delta in growth um, was was material. So, um, so, so that really created, I think, a, a, a new sense of urgency to look at how we're structured and how we're resourced to do the work of economic development. And then on the second piece, when, when BCG looked at our structure, they said, look, there are opportunities within that ecosystem to um, better coordinate the work we do around economic development. But I think at least as importantly, BCG pointed out that um, for us to really compete at a level uh, that, um, that we need to as a region to support and sustain, you know, uh, sustain economic growth, job growth and investment, we needed to invest more in strategic ways in our economic development infrastructure. And so that kind of coordination role and resource cultivation role serve as the, the primary objectives, the uh, primary roles of, uh, of ROC 2025. And as I said, ROC 2025 was then created as a 501c6 in April of 2019, and I moved over in May. All right, so in 2019, you know, I'm assuming that the 2025 part is kind of this 2025 vision of, of, of Rochester. So, right. you know, it's a, about, about five and a half years uh, from, from the creation and, and the mission anyways, uh, in, in short, uh, is to accelerate economic growth in greater Rochester. So tell us kind of, you know, paint that vision for us of, of what, that, what, what 2025 looks like if, uh, if we're successful with this project. Sure. Well, we have we're tracking a whole series of, of um, you know, kind of economic uh, performance metrics, but but the four fundamental kind of public facing goals, if you will, that drive the entire strategy are focused on uh, creating net new jobs in the region. So the goal uh, by the end of 2025 is the uh, addition of 30,000 net new jobs. Um, secondly, increasing regional wealth, which we measure um, uh, based on household income, increasing regional wealth by 20%. Um, thirdly, um, ensuring that our efforts benefit the entire community, right? Um, we have a specific metric that's focused on um, reducing the number of individuals that are in poverty. So we're focused on elevating 20,000 residents out of poverty, including uh, a subset of 11,000 within the city of Rochester alone. And then finally, increasing our metropolitan uh, GDP, gross domestic product, uh, for the uh, Rochester Metropolitan Statistical Area by 10% over that time frame. Um, now, the um, you know if, if you those being the kind of the four primary public facing goals, we have a whole series of other of other goals that support each of our five strategies, our kind of five strategic pillars that I'm, I'm sure we can get into. But I think from a kind of from a, a 15,000 foot view, um, those are the core goals that drive everything in our strategic plan. Yeah, actually, it's interesting that you mentioned some of those things um, and, and the, the infusion of that, that equity mission. Uh, you know, at, at Conscious Capitalism, we've seen how, uh, you know, th there's all kinds of research that, that the companies that have a thriving employee base and, and they take care of all their stakeholders, you know, including the communities that, that they're a part of, um, in the long run, they end up being more successful. And, you know, there's more people that want to work for these, these purposeful companies, um, you know, more, more customers as well want to want to support those more purposeful stakeholder driven companies. And, and so conscious capitalism has all kinds of metrics that show that not only are they, uh, you know, doing great things for their community or for the environment, but it also actually is, is good for the bottom line in the long run. And that's really our, our vision with conscious capitalism Rochester is to say, what if, we as a region came to be known as a more conscious way of doing business, right? Where, you know, it could be a regional talent attraction retention strategy because people want to move to a region where, where there is both equitable growth and also, you know, making a difference in, in their work and, and in their, and in their lives. And then, and then also, you know, growing that, that regional bottom line. So how do you see 
you know, the, the, the intersection of, of that growth mission in that, in that more equity side uh, of, the, of the equation. Well, I think that's a great point. I mean, and we've had this conversation um, internally in Rock 2025 and with our board that, you know, if, if you think about it um, from a regional perspective, the data nationally couldn't be clearer, right? Economically inclusive communities experience higher rates of job growth and higher rates of income growth. So, you know, I argue that that this isn't tangential to our goals at, at Rock 2025 and with our partner organizations, it really is central, right? Our work doesn't exist in a vacuum. If you think about those primary goals that I just articulated a couple of minutes ago, you know, job growth without access won't reduce poverty, right? Job growth without access won't increase per capita incomes. And, you know, without things like quality education systems, our, our workforce, our economic competitiveness is compromised. So our strategy, just like you talk about the, you know, the benefits of conscious capitalism from within kind of the four walls of an organization, I do think there, there are real parallels to as we, as we think about um, building out a thriving, vibrant, and sustainable regional economy, right? Our strategy at Rock 2025 uh, can't be a silo. Um, you know, it's fundamentally about accelerating economic growth, about increasing jobs and, and wealth and GDP, but it really is more broadly uh, beyond those tactical goals. It's an opportunity to, to, to contribute to a changed future for our community. And so we look at everything strategically through that lens of how can we use our work to change the future of our community on issues of economic inclusion, access, and so on. Yeah, I, I recently read a book. Uh, it was called Just Growth. And it basically talked, it, it was a both quantitative and qualitative analysis of exactly what you're mentioning, where, you know, the, the, uh, the, to, to have both growth and make it just and equitable, uh, you know, it really, the, those two things, some, sometimes they're put in tension with each other. But in the long run, um, any kind of growth for it to be sustainable, it, re it really has to be inclusive. And, and one of the ways that they found, uh, you know, to get there, was to, to really start to take that regional focus, which is one of the reasons that I'm you know, excited to see some of the energy towards that because, because in a lot of ways we have, uh, you know, if you look at some of the metrics in the city in terms of concentrations of poverty, in terms of where the school district is, is right now, um, you know, we are at the, at the top of a lot of lists you don't wanna be on. Uh, and, and at the same time, um, you know, there, there's some suburbs that are, that are relatively thriving, but, but I don't know, I don't know how sustainable that is if it, if it doesn't become more inclusive. So I'd be curious, because you were mentioning earlier some of your, both your, you know, your educational background, but also your experience at CGR. Um, is, there, is there any other cities that you've seen that have kind of been in a similar spot uh, as, as Rochester is now that, that we could maybe learn from in, in terms of the, the growth with the equity? I think certainly in, um, you know, we're, uh, let me say at the outset that we're not the only city, the only region that, you know, that faces these challenges, right? We certainly don't have a, a monopoly over them. Um, you know, I think we can learn from looking at, um, looking at some, some peer metros in, in a number of different spaces, you know, specific to the work that we're doing now at Rock 2025, when you think about that economic development space, you know, part of what informed the strategy, part of what informed the work that BCG did as they looked at you know, best-in-class approaches nationally to structuring and resourcing economic development infrastructure to benefit the region, um, you know, places, places like Pittsburgh, um, places like Milwaukee, um, who share, you know, kind of that, uh, you know, a, a similar economic base to ours, some of the economic challenges, kind of economic transition away from manufacturing that, um, that we've certainly experienced in this region uh, over the last, you know, four or five decades. Um, their approaches when it comes to economic development have been at one level more, you know, regionally integrated, right? They've made that intentional decision to, to, um, to collaborate regionally, and that's certainly you know where 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 we are and where we continue to move as a region here. They've also um, really invested in their economic development infrastructure at a higher level, um, and that of course is you know, part of the motivation for Rock 2025, uh, our strategic plan and our our overall uh, business model. And I think the third piece that you see when you look at um, some of those other places, another region I would add uh, that informed our structure here is Columbus, Ohio, right? Um, 
the economic development structures in those regions have moved in the direction of taking a more holistic view of economic development. And that's really what I was articulating to you before that this, yes, at its core, this is about creating jobs. It's about growing investment, right? But it is also at the same time about ensuring that, you know, for example, in our talent strategy, you know, this is certainly at one level about driving up our retention rate for, you know, the 18 to 19,000 graduates that walk across college stages in this region every single year, right? We want to retain more of that world-class talent. We also want to attract world-class talent from outside the region, really making Greater Rochester a magnet for, for that world-class talent. At the same time, we have to recognize that we have, you know, skills exist along a continuum, and we have a large swath of our community and our region that for a variety of reasons is, is dislocated from the economy. So you think about the work that, you know, our MAPI is doing, systems integration is doing. We certainly, from ROC 2025 standpoint, um, have, you know, have, have a role, have a responsibility to ensure that our work is contributing to, you know, more equitable economic outcomes, uh, ensuring that, um, the jobs that we create, um, that, that access to those jobs is available to all. So it, it is really about taking a more holistic view. And, you know, so kind of that regional focus, the holistic view, and, and, a, and a deeper resourcing of, of all of that work across the board, I think, are, are kind of the key lessons that, that we've learned from, from peer metros across the country and, and which have informed, you know, our structure, our approach here. So one of the things, you know, I'm thinking about as, as you're talking, you know, that first of all, making, making some of the, the progress that, that you're hoping for in, in five and a half years is, is, is an audacious goal, which I think is important. We need to, we need to dream big. Um, and, and, and you're a little bit more than, than a year into that. And, and I'm sure that whatever, whatever like, like many business leaders, uh, whatever strategic plan you put in, in place in, in 2019 or at the beginning of 2020 uh, has, been, has been disrupted. But have there been any... Have there been any changes or, or alterations or, or how is how is COVID and and, you know, the, the racial unrest around uh, George Floyd's murder? How has that um, impacted some of the, the work that you're doing? Well, yeah, I think it's impacted it in, you know, in, in, a, in a few important ways. I mean, just in terms of the the performance, the economic goals that, that serve as the foundation for ROC 2025's work, right? We have not amended those goals. We are still uh, right now committed to meeting those goals by the end of 2025. And, and I should say, just to provide a little context on those goals, when you talk about adding 30,000 net new jobs, or you talk about growing Metro GDP by 10% over that time frame, um, those numbers aren't pulled out of thin air. They are, as part of the work with BCG, a peer group of 52 um, MSAs across the country um, was developed. It's actually a peer group that we now benchmark our metro performance against on a, you know, whether it's a weekly in, in the case of, you know, unemployment filings, um, monthly in the case of job growth, unemployment rate, labor force numbers, or annually in terms of things like income and metro GDP. We're benchmarking our performance against that peer group on a regular basis. Um, the number, so if you think about the 30,000 net new job number, that number was arrived at based on the job growth that we were seeing in our peer metros. So if you look at that peer group of, of 52 other MSAs, you look at where, where the Rochester MSA was at the beginning of this process, right? Really the fundamental question was, what would our growth look like if we made the investments to get us into simply into the top quartile of the peer group? This isn't moving to number one in the peer group. It's not moving into the top five in the peer. What would it look like if we made the investments to get into the top quartile. So applying that question to each of those four primary public facing metrics is how you derive the goals that drive our strategy. So they really are grounded in performance that we were seeing here and performance that we were seeing in our peer regions, um, you know, over, over the last, you know, kind of five, six, seven years. Um, in terms of how what we've seen in the last, you know, during COVID impacts our, impacts our work. You know, obviously that has, um, that has uh, redirected, I think shortened the time horizon, the focus for, you know, most of our primary partner organizations. We've moved, and ROC 2025 was always intended to be kind of a long-term multi-year play to build out the competitive capacity, the horsepower of our economic development infrastructure by making these investments, by building that, that horsepower up over time. Of course, what COVID has done is forced a kind of a shortening of that time horizon. There's a lot of 
you know, just like there is everywhere, there's a lot of pain in our in our business community here right now. There's a lot of pain in households in our community right now with an unemployment rate that has, you know, more than doubled um, since, you know, since the beginning of, of the COVID crisis and still real question marks. I think we're making progress as, as the economy continues to reopen. But, you know, gosh, uh, the most recent jobs data that we have for the region are as of the end of June. And we were still 70,000 jobs down from where we were 12 months earlier, right? And you know that compares to at the front end of COVID, we actually had more jobs in this region than we did 12 months earlier. So it's been a big shock, needless to say, to the regional economy. Uh, and so, um, so our, our, our member, uh, our partner organizations have, I think, have done really great work at attending to that near-term need within uh, within the, the uh, regional business community. As far as um, you know, the calls for social justice. Um, that have really, you know, exploded since um, since George Floyd's killing. You know, I think that this this has held up a mirror, um, not just to Rock 2025. It's held up a mirror to you know our entire community, right? Um, th but this mirror that's been held up, these issues that we've seen, this isn't new. Um, the inequities, the disparities, the barriers to access have existed for generations, and of course have been reinforced by hundreds of years of history. But this is as clear a call to action as we've had, um, you know, as a, as a community and I think as a, as a country. And so that needs to include our work um, in, you know, at, at Rock 2025 and, and with our partner organization. So what exactly that looks like is something that we're working through right now, had a robust conversation with our board about it um, uh, at our most recent meeting, which was two or three weeks ago. Um, so this is on people's radar screens. Um, and, and I think what we're trying to do right now is focus on how we can really reflect on, reassess our strategic plan, where and how we're making investments in light of this mirror that's been held up and ensure that our plan isn't just about um, growing jobs and investment, but really kind of taking this more holistic, measurable, actionable approach to ensuring that we're moving the needle on economic inclusion. Because as I said a few minutes ago, um, you know, the, the, the data are extremely consistent on this. Regions that are more economically inclusive, almost as a rule, have higher, faster rates of growth than those regions that are less inclusive. Yeah, yeah, well, I, you know, I, I, I'm glad to hear anyways that, um, it, no surprise that, that it's on your radar, but glad to hear that it's kind of on the, on the radar of your, your board and, and within their networks as well, because, you know, I think that it, it really does require, uh, you know, that, that consciousness and, and really, again, as, as has been said many times, how do we turn this, this moment into a movement, into something that makes, you know, substantive change and, and policy change and things that, um, you know, things that'll move us in a, in a more positive direction. So um, I, I appreciate that. I'm also, you know, want to look at the, want to look at the positive side. I don't know. I, again, it's been, it's been just a little over a year, but have there been any, any early wins or any, any signs of progress that you're seeing in, in some of the, the developments so far with Rock 2025? Yeah. So I, you know, I think certainly since, um, since COVID hit, we've had an incredible amount of, of volatility in the economic data, right? But if you look at you know, four of the primary things that we track and our, and our peer ranking, um, the 12 months that preceded COVID's impact on the data, kind of March 2019, the last month before Rock 2025 was created to March 2020, which was the last month, last month of data that preceded COVID, um, we had actually made um, uh, ranking, peer ranking improvements on job growth, uh, labor force growth, uh, unemployment rate, um, the rate of, of private establishment growth, business growth, or business starts within the region. So, you know, I think we, we, we've started to see um, the kind of the fruits of, of some of the initial investments. And, you know, I think the core, uh, a lot of hard work by our Rock 2025 partner organizations. Um, they're the ones that are, you know, really driving the you know, driving the train on, on growing, um, you know, growing the regional economy and, and um, uh, building out our talent strategy, which is something that is housed over at the Chamber of Commerce, which we you know, certainly should talk about a really exciting uh, and multifaceted strategy to not only grow the size of our employable labor pool, but better connect employers that are seeking talent, individuals that are in the region, better engage our college grads. So bottom line is that pre-COVID trajectory uh, on a number of our key metrics was positive, 
And we're hoping that as we continue to move through the economic reopening here, continue to make these, these coordinated capacity building investments from Rock 2025, um, we will, you know, we'll get back on that, get back on that train. Yeah, you, you mentioned uh, one of the things just just around collaboration, right? And, and as I'm as I'm reading through, you know, some of the, the high level goals, um, you, you know, you mentioned regional talent strategy, uh, you know, business retention and expansion, some some of these things mm -hmm. that, um, you know, in a lot of ways, uh, there, there's other there's other organizations that are already existing and, and, and partnering. So maybe maybe it makes sense. Let's just go through you know, one by one of these kind of high level things, you know, maybe start with regional talent strategy, which you just mentioned, you know, is, is housed over at the chamber. What is kind of the, the high level overview of that strategy? And then what role, since since it's housed at the chamber, what role does Rock 2025 play in kind of the, the, the coordination or collaboration efforts? So I will say um, for, for each of the five strategies that we'll walk through, Rock 2025 is essentially, think about us as kind of the coordinating vehicle. We are not another economic development organization. Um, we are, you know, even though we have our own board, we have a staff of one and it's the person that you're talking to right now, right? We are really supported primarily by the, the staff of our partner organizations, all of whom are invested in this work. So there is, you know, very intentionally, um, no duplication, no overlap. We are implementing our, you know, our, our capacity building investments through our partner organizations, which I think is a really, uh, is, is a unique and powerful, um, uh, you know, kind of characteristic of, of, our, of our strategic framework. Um, so you wanted to start with talent strategy. I think that talent strategy is, you know, maybe first among equals as you look at our, our five strategic pillars. So it's natural to start there. As you said, the Greater Rochester Chamber of Commerce is our lead partner organization on talent strategy. And talent strategy is really focused on growing the size of our employable labor pool here within the region. Um, probably not telling you or your listeners anything that they don't already know, but we face some real demographic headwinds in this region. We have for a long time. We're not the only region that faces them, but we've had, you know, flat population growth for a, you know, for, for, for a good period of time. And, and we have an aging population. And what that does from a labor pool standpoint is, is really work to constrain the growth of the labor pool. So while on the one hand, we have our partner organizations aggressively working to create jobs, cultivate investment, attract companies here, work with companies that are already in the region to grow uh, the number of jobs that they have, it's really important that we're simultaneously working to expand the size, the quality, the depth of that talent pool. So uh, the chamber is leading a, a multifaceted strategy uh, around talent. Um, a couple of these pieces I've already mentioned. Um, one is, uh, is, is an initiative that is called Campus Rock, and it really is about just getting much more intentional about engaging college students while they're here. We have these you know, great 19 uh, world-class colleges and universities in our nine-county region. At any given point in time, they're enrolling 80 to 90,000 students, and they're graduating 18 to 19,000 students a year. Our retention rate, if you benchmark that retention rate against peer metros across the country, is in the bottom third. So we are working to drive up that retention rate through more um, consistent and intentional engagement of students while they're here. Uh, we want to make sure that their exposure to our city and our greater Rochester region doesn't simply consist of the distance between their dorm or their apartment and their classroom, right? We wanna get them off campus, experience all the incredible assets that our region and our city have to offer so that when they get their diploma and they walk across stage, we've made their decision to go somewhere else really, really difficult. A part of that is scaling the number of internships and co-ops, getting our business community more involved, providing those employment uh, and experience opportunities to students while they're here. So again, they've, they've strengthened those connections um, before they walk across stage and graduate. Um, so we're gonna work to, to drive up that retention rate. Um, we also have an element of a talent strategy that is going to be uh, in the next couple of months getting off the ground, focused on uh, boomerangs, really trying to accelerate the boomerang phenomenon that we've been seeing, you know, in, in city, we've certainly been seeing it here in greater Rochester. Um, you know, you think back to kind of the, the early nine, late, late 80s, early 90s, when this, this concept of the brain drain was coined, right? I think we've, uh, over the last couple of decades, really served to, to stem a good portion of that brain drain. Um, but we have people that went to school here or grew up here that have moved elsewhere that still have a fondness for this region. And so looking at ways that we can reintroduce them to the greater Rochester 
of, of today um, and hopefully lure them and their families uh, back here. Um, so that's th those, those are a couple of important components. Another component that we're in the process of working on is um, building out a universal um, regional career portal, which would essentially be a kind of an online meeting place for employers in the region that are seeking talent and individuals that are looking for those looking for those career opportunities. Whether you are you know not employed right now and seeking an opportunity, or whether you're employed and maybe looking for a for a better opportunity, right? Just trying to make those marriages between employers and individuals much more you know much easier than than they are today, rather than having to go to you know hundreds of different websites to see what all the employers in our region are, are, are looking for in terms of talent. And then another piece of that, which I alluded to before, is, um, is, is, is focusing on, you know, really focusing across the skills spectrum. It is, it is looking, uh, it is working with uh, other efforts that are already underway, of course, in the community, um, bringing our voice, bringing our resources, bringing our ability to help coordinate um, so that we can address those obstacles to economic access that have existed for a long time. Again, not just here in Rochester, but we do know that they exist here in Rochester. And, you know, we have, as much as we want to grow the size of the employable labor force by retaining and attracting talent, we also have to recognize that we have people that live in this community, people that are our neighbors who aren't in that denominator when we calculate unemployment rate because they're neither employed nor actively looking for employment. And, and barriers to employment are a big reason why in many cases. So we have a role and responsibility to play uh, as part of our talent strategy. Yeah, that's perfect. No, I, I was thinking a couple things, both, both around, you know, be, unfortunately, because we don't have as much of a, of a downtown presence uh, other, than, other than the MCC downtown campus, you know, many, many students may spend their four years in Rochester and, and never actually go to Rochester. Um, you know, because they're, they're out on those right. campuses. And so just building some of those connections, like you're saying, you know, if they, if they never made it to Rochester, then when they get a job offer in Rochester and then in Buffalo or Boston or New York, they, they don't have any, any ties. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful for that in the, in the Campus Rock Initiative for sure. And then as you're mentioning too, just sometimes it's a matter of making a, a, a more frictionless marketplace between the, the, the buyers and the sellers of the talent, so to speak, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, how do, we, how do we bring those folks together? So um, the, the, the coordination aspect of that um, is, is really exciting. Hopefully, you know, obviously it's just, just getting off the ground as you're mentioning, but really moving, moving, moving toward that. Um, but it also uh, kind of leads right into that second pillar around business attraction and, and retention, because if, if you're going to find jobs for all these, all these, you know, all these folks that are in Rochester and keep them around, they're going to they're going to need a job and, and they're going to need some some companies to work for. So how does I know, again, uh, you know, the, the business attraction is is something that there's there's other organizations in Rochester they're dealing with. Um, wh where does Rock 2025 play a role in that? So I guess I would combine um, two of our strategic pillars, business attraction and then business retention and expansion. So the attraction, of course, is bringing companies uh, from outside to invest here in the region uh, and grow here in the region. The retention and expansion piece is making sure that incumbent companies um, have the resources and connectivity that they need to thrive and, and grow within Greater Rochester. Um, and, and I would note that, you know, well, first of all, I would say both of those pieces are, are critical components of, of a, a thriving economic development strategy, right? But it's important to recognize that business retention and expansion. So when we about four out of every five new jobs that get created here in Greater Rochester and in metros like ours across the country are created by companies that are already here, right? So it's always fun and exciting to talk about, you know, an Amazon HQ2 and bringing companies in from outside. And that is a critically important part of, of the overall economic development strategy. But when four out of every five new jobs that get created are created by firms that are already here, we need to make sure that we are um, connecting, supporting uh, the companies that, that are already in Greater Rochester to ensure they have what they need to, to, to thrive, right? So both of those components uh, represent important pillars of Rock 2025's work. And to your question of what is Rock 2025 doing to support them, really making um, uh, uh, capacity building investments over at Greater Rochester Enterprise, which is our lead partner organization for those two important components of the strategy, growing out their staff horsepower, um, ensuring that they have uh, the data resources. We, we've, in addition to adding some staff over at GRE, we've also provided a grant uh, to them 
to, um, to build out a more robust um, data and information system to, to track and coordinate the outreach that they're doing to companies here within the region and outside the region, um, making sure that, that that information is, is kind of streamlined and accessible to GRE and its partners. So we're not, again, Rock 2025 isn't taking on the role of business attraction. We're not negotiating deals with companies inside or outside the region. Our primary role is to make sure that partner organizations like Greater Rochester Enterprise have the, the, the fuel that they need to, um, to, to uh, drive the economic growth that our region depends on them to, to, uh, to, to, to do. Yeah, well, and in, in now, now I'm, I'm thinking as well, uh, you know, when, when anyone is thinking about where they want to, where they want to move to, where they want to live, or whether or not they want to, uh, you know, continue to be where they are, it's all about making, making Rochester a great place to live, work, and play, right? Like, you, you hear those, those three put together a lot, and so as much as the work and the job is important, that, that also kind of leads to uh, the next pillar around the downtown growth and, and innovation, because you really do want a, a vibrant downtown that it is a fun place to, to live and, and to play and, and that there's other things going on. So I know that the Rochester Downtown Development Corporation has been, has been working on that for, for quite a while, um, Heidi and her, her team. But uh, what, are, what are some of the things that are, that are newly happening or newly coordinated uh, you know, based on the Rock 2025 efforts? Yeah, so similar to our investments at GRE, our support uh, on the downtown innovation pieces is primarily uh, focused on building out uh, RDDC's capacity to do more of that kind of work, to play that kind of lead uh, from the private sector standpoint, that lead role in, in supporting uh, innovation, uh, in, in you know, accelerating this, this great um, uh, momentum that we've seen in downtown development and redevelopment over the last you know, five or six years. Um, and, and so, you know, in some cases that is, you know, we, we have one grant already with, with RDDC right now, which is focused on, um, on helping to build out a kind of a comprehensive downtown parking strategy. We know that, um, you know, people's driving habits, transportation habits have, have changed in a lot of ways, have been revolutionized in the last, you know, in the last few years. Um, so what does that what does that uh, pretend for downtown's parking needs going forward? Obviously, as we try to continue the downtown redevelopment momentum, attract more businesses um, uh, across all sectors into, into our downtown core, um, what are those parking needs? How can we ensure that parking is, uh, that the governance of the system is integrated, right, in kind of a seamless way, um, and that parking is actually an asset um, is supporting downtown redevelopment? Uh, this is not about, you know, uh, kind of paving all of downtown and putting parking spots down there, but it, but it is about thinking intelligently, um, you know, in, in this day and age about what our downtown parking strategy needs to be in order to support business, the kind of business, the kind of growth that we want to continue to see in the downtown core. Uh, at the same time, the downtown innovation strategy is about, um, you know, trying to elevate efforts that are already underway to grow street level activity, right? Um, to ensure that people, you know, really place placemaking in, in our urban core in ways that we've seen great examples in, uh, in recent years. Uh, we want to be able to kind of throw fuel on that fire and, and really help to accelerate the great momentum we've seen downtown. That's perfect. I, I love that, uh, that, that term urban core, because it, especially in Rochester, um, you know, as, as was mentioned earlier, there's, there are some thriving suburbs, both, both economically and, and, you know, with their school systems and things like that. But, but the, the core of our region is Rochester. And, and again, I, I don't believe that we can, we can have prosperity as a community uh, unless it's, unless it includes all of us. And, and, you know, I think for too long, we've kind of looked away from that core uh, and, 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 you know, we're seeing the effects of that in a lot of ways. And, and one of the things I mentioned that book, Just Growth, um, one of the things they talked about was you need to create, uh, kind of, you can count on the, the academics to make it sound lofty, but they called it an epistemic community. But essentially what it was, was this sense of shared fate in a region that, that we're in this, you know, that we're in this together, that in the long term we're going to rise together or, or we're going to fall together. And, and so that is really leads into the, the last element of your, of your strategy around this regional branding and marketing. So what, is, what does that look like? I know it's just getting uh, kind of kicked off here, but what does that look like? And, and, and what kinds of wins are we seeing? And, 
and where where's the the barriers to creating more of that more of that sense of shared fate in Rochester? Well, so the Greater Rock campaign is is probably from the you know from the public standpoint the most visible um, of of Rock 2025's uh, uh, investments to date. Um, as you said, launched in in late uh, late July, I think July 28th was the official launch date, um, and phase one of that was focused on here in the region. It is um, you know in some it's 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 a it intended to be a, a multi-year branding and marketing initiative which supports these other strategic pillars that we've been talking about, right? It is, um, it is uh, an opportunity for us as a city and a region to tell our story, our story of today, not our story of, you know, 30 or 40 years ago or the big three in, in a really bold, powerful way, in an audacious way, right? Um, as a, you know, as, as you mentioned at the outset of our conversation, I think, you know, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm from Buffalo. My wife is the Rochesterian, um, brought us here, you know, more than a dozen years ago. And, you know, I, I've always, I, I've kind of chuckled when I see our, our region written up in a national publication, right? It's funny that it, it matters not what the subject of the, of the piece is. Inevitably, probably in the first five or six paragraphs, they'll mention Kodak. Right, and and Kodak is so central to our brand, and certainly, in, you know, in honestly, in a, in, po in a number of positive ways, it's cast a really long shadow on our community. Right, you think about companies that have 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 um, been established here and thrived here, or continuing to grow with you know uh, IP that was spun off of Kodak. Um, but from a from an economic standpoint, from a story standpoint, this hasn't really been a Kodak story for the better part of a, a generation, right? And so um, this is really an opportunity for us to build that story, push it out across our partner organizations in a coordinated way, and to puff out our chest as a region, right? It is an opportunity to galvanize our community, uh, all of those who live, work, and play here, and, and share that pride of place about this community, um, to, to um, uh, build ambassadors here within the community, and, and then as we move to subsequent phases of the campaign, to scream our story to the rest of the world about where we are as a, as a community, as a region, and where we intend to go. Um, and so this is just phase one, but it's really exciting to see it come to life. Yeah, and, and one of the things I wanted to, wanted to address as well, because I've heard some folks, you know, as you're mentioning, this is the, the most public-facing um, so it may be, it may be for many people, the, their first introduction to Rock 2025 and everything that, that you're doing, and they don't see some of the coordination efforts going on, uh, you know, in the background. So you hear some pushback on, you know, we, we need real change, not just, you know, around the marketing, um, but there's also been, uh, you know, some, there's been many efforts at coordination in, in Rochester um, that have had varying levels of success. So both in, in terms of the, in terms of the collaboration, and in terms of kind of that, that marketing and that sense of shared faith in, in our region, um, what is it that you feel that, that makes this time different? That's a great question. And, and, I, and I also appreciate some of the feedback that we've gotten from the community of, uh, you know, over the first couple of weeks of, of the brand being in market, um, making that exact point that this can't just be about telling a story. We have to see material change. And I couldn't agree more with that. So that's why it's so important to understand the context of all that Rock 2025 is doing. You know, talking about, you know, we've talked about four strategic investment areas before we've gotten to the regional branding and marketing, right? The story is vitally important and how we tell that story and how proudly and powerfully we tell that story is vitally important. But the story on its own, it's necessary but not sufficient, right? We do need to make progress on business expansion and business attraction where we are making these capacity building investments. We do need to uh, continue the momentum, in fact, accelerate the momentum that we've been seeing uh, in terms of downtown development and, and redevelopment. We do need to do a better job of retaining and attracting uh, talent to our region and better connecting uh, incumbent residents who right now, you know, for, for a variety of reasons, don't have access to economic opportunity to those employment opportunities um, and giving them, uh, you know, economic um, self-sufficiency and, and upward mobility. So all of those pieces are critically important. I think what is, what is at one level daunting, but at another level really exciting is that we are simultaneously moving these five initiatives down the track um, you know, at the same time, they are self-reinforcing. Um, the story piece is, is really important. 
um, but on its own, not sufficient. Now you ask what's different about this particular effort. I mean, I can answer that in terms of kind of Rock 2025 broadly. Um, we've never had a, a formal alliance of all of these organizations that are involved in different roles of economic development. That's not to say coordination hasn't happened. It's, it's happened you know, routinely. It happens regularly behind the scenes in ways that I think the general public, um, you know, wouldn't know. And, you know, I wouldn't expect them to, to know that those, the, the, that coordination is taking place. But I think about the role that, you know, Greater Rochester Enterprise plays and has played since its inception. It kind of serving as that quarterback for economic uh, development deals, right? Ensuring that we have our public sector partners are at the table, um, you know, our, our private sector partners are at the table, ensuring that companies that are either here looking to grow or companies that are outside the region looking to come in have the connectivity that they that they need at a single table. So that coordination, um, you know, has taken place. I think what Rock 2025 provides as a framework that's different is it allows us to be really clear about which partner organization is behind the steering wheel, if you will, in each of our strategic vehicles. So we're not, you know, don't have situations where organizations are bumping into each other. Um, at the same time, Rock 2025 serves as a vehicle deepening our investment in each of those partner organizations to deliver on their strategic, you know, they're part of the strategic plan. So it is coordination and, and better resourcing the work that they're doing there. Uh, specific to, to the Greater Rock campaign, um, a couple of things that make this effort different. We've certainly had you know, regional branding campaigns in the past, you know, um, you know, I'd rather be in Rochester, right, is one that, that, that came up routinely as we were talking to people to build the new Greater Rock campaign. Um, two things that make this effort different. One is the fact that all of the key partner organizations in economic development were around the table helping to inform the development of this brand and committing to leverage this common brand as they message to their core audiences. So if it's GRE messaging to site selectors in the Bay Area, trying to sell them on the merits of locating a business or a satellite and, and uh, adding jobs here in Greater Rochester, um, uh, or it's Visit Rochester messaging to, um, you know, to, um, uh, you know, tourists, right, in, in kind of the, the, the Northeast corridor here, trying to bring them in to experience the great attractions, like natural and, 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 and man-made attractions that we have here in the region, making sure that those messages are coordinated, that they feel as though they are of the same community in a way that traditionally we haven't been. The second key difference with the Greater Rock campaign is our ability through Greater Rock to inject um, uh, 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 significant and sustained funding to ensure that it stays alive, right? This is not intended to be, you know, a three-month campaign built around one commercial, just rallying the community. This will be a sustained multi-year, multi-phase campaign, again, starting with galvanizing those of us that are ambassadors here in the community, right? Bringing the community along uh, and then, you know, providing us a vehicle to scream our story to the rest of the country in a way that um, that lets them know, that reasserts our place on the map, lets them know where we are as a region today and where we intend to go. And so the last thing I would say about Greater Rock is, you know, as I've been talking about this out in the community, I, I, I want to stress, you know, I look at this as I guess for lack of a better phrase, as an open source brand. This isn't our story. This isn't GRE's story or Visit Rochester or the Chamber story. This is the community's story. One of the things we heard loud and clear during the research phase that informed the creative that Greater Rock flowed from was that ours is not a region of one story. It's not a region of, you know, of, of, of one asset or one group of assets. Everybody seems to have a different lens on what they love about this region and this the, the, our city and, and our greater Rochester region. And so what we've attempted to do with um, the first phase of Greater Rock is to engage the community in helping us build out that story. Uh, this will be an ever evolving story um, if we do our job right. Um, and it will be a story that incorporates diverse voices, diverse perspectives on what it is that makes our region um, great or greater in this case. Perfect. So. Uh, somehow already coming up on time and I wanted to just kind of leave our listeners maybe with with one last question for you because I'd be curious you know I, 
I think hopefully that what, now that they have the full context, they understand how, how the marketing fits in and, and supports, um, but it's certainly not the only effort. Um, but, but also given that many of our listeners are, are business leaders in our community, um, I'm guessing that most of them are, are rooting for the success of, of a project like Rock 2025 in terms of, in terms of your goals for, for both uh, you know, growth and equity. Uh, but what would you say to those listeners, to those business leaders, how can they get involved? How can they support uh, these efforts? Well, the first thing that they can do is check out our website at rock2025.org. Um, and then also look at, um, you know, get, get additional information on the Greater Rock campaign in particular. That's at greaterrock.com. Um, I'm certainly happy to talk offline with, you know, with, with any uh, individual business or any community group. You know, I, I spent a lot of time in, in Rock 2025's first year. Really, you know, anybody that, that, was, that was willing to, um, you know, to, to have me in to talk to their group, um, you know, to, 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 just to um, make sure that as many people in the community understand, first of all, the background of Rock 2025, the whys for Rock 2025, and how they can get involved. And on, on that question of how individuals or companies can get involved, you know, we have a variety of, of volunteer work groups, which I know, Andrew, you've participated in um, over, uh, you know, over our first year from time to time. Um, in particular, supporting our talent strategy. We think that, you know, as I said, I almost look at that as first among equals in, in terms of our strategic pillars. But, um, you know, making sure that um, businesses, individuals in the community are, are, are engaged in helping us build out, whether it's that regional career portal, right? Um, whether it is our boomerang strategy, our campus rock strategy, we have, you know, I would say every month we're adding um, uh, individuals to those work groups who are bringing really, really awesome perspective and suggestions of things that we hadn't thought about. So our strategy continues to evolve, and I think our strategy will get even more robust as we get more people engaging in and sharing their thoughts and perspectives on, on, on how we can grow out uh, the talent strategy in particular. Perfect. Yeah, I really love that concept of the of the open source brand. You know, how do we how do we invite people in to to be the co-authors of, of both that brand, but also of that of that future vision? So thanks so much, Joe, for joining us today. Uh, more importantly, for all the work that you're doing each and every day for equitable growth in Rochester. We're really uh, we're really rooting for you. You've got uh, what about four and a half years? The clock's ticking, so uh, no pressure. The clock is ticking. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, thanks so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, as always, to all the evolutionaries out there listening across more than 30 countries around the world. We hope that you found it to be both inspirational and full of actionable insights to guide you on your own evolutionary journey. We've grown this movement entirely by word of mouth, so if you know someone who might find value in listening to this episode, we'd be deeply grateful if you'd share it with them. And of course, make sure you're subscribed on your favorite listening app so that you're notified as soon as we release new episodes each week. Together, we can evolve business toward a more conscious capitalism.